The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. Aaron, week six is on the dock in the college football season, and it's only getting better and better, so let's get right into it. You can find us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 and I am at Drew Butler, 13. We're going to talk about a few storylines here. Then we'll give you, as always, the Ray Guy Award and the Davey O'Brien Award Players of the Week and round it out by talking about this weekend's slate of games. And Aaron, I I can't get this off my mind. You're probably so sick of me. Please stick with me on this podcast as we continue to talk about maybe one of my favorite subjects to talk about. Oh, don't do it. And again, yes, I'm sorry. This is all about the Kelly Bryant decision. Nick Saban came out. Hunter Renfro came out. Go ahead. I'll give you the floor, my man. Welcome. Listen, I'll let you get off your chest first. I know you've been, you know, this gives you nightmares at night. So you go first and then uh, let me... I had a little wisdom from someone yesterday about oh, the topic. I, I would love wait. to share, but I'm going to let you go first. You have the floor, Mr. <laughs> Butler. <laughs> Thank you. I am waiting on pins and needles for the wisdom that you got. If you think it's good wisdom, then no doubt it is sage wisdom. Nick Saban came out, Aaron, the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, and he said he's not a fan of upperclassmen using the redshirt rule to transfer and it got a lot of notoriety last week obviously because Kelly Bryant got injured and then Clemson had to resort to using their third string quarterback to beat Syracuse in a four quarter game but in Tuscaloosa they were up 49 to nothing in the first half and Jalen Hurts got in the football game right so that means it was his fifth game of the season Therefore, he loses a year of eligibility, and when he transfers at the end of this season, he'll only have one year to play. But this is what Nick, Coach Saban, had to say about Jalen. Quote, Jalen has handled this extremely well relative to being a great team player and team leader. He respects his teammates, Aaron, and sticking with the program here. Another quote, he is playing well and creating value for himself, which is a message I would send to all players trying to take advantage of the new rule. End quote. Aaron, I love the word team here. I love Nick Saban saying that Jalen is creating value by showing how well he plays in the backup role. I love how he says he is respecting his teammates. And one more quote, Aaron, 
from Nick Saban before I get to your sage wisdom quote. You love some Saban. It's not Let's fair go. to their teammates. We have an obligation to develop these players. Why should they be able to tell us when they don't want to play? End quote. Now, before I get to you, I just have to say I love Coach Saban taking a stance because if he doesn't like it, chances are this thing's going to get changed pretty quickly. <laughs> well, listen, I agree. I, I don't love it. No, I thought I don't love it. I think I'm, I'm okay with it, actually. Listen, if you give the power to the players, I'm fine with it. Let them make a decision, and this is my wisdom that was bestowed upon me. By who? Yesterday on SiriusXM oh. by no other than Tim Tebow. So Tim, Tim Tebow. came on the show. And I asked him the question. I was like, what are your thoughts on everything that went down with, with Kelly Bryant and the transfer? And, and do you believe it's a good rule for players? And this is what he said. He, had, he said a bunch of stuff, but this is what really stuck out to me is coaches every year have the opportunity to leave to get better jobs. Before the season starts. You, you as an individual have a chance to leave a job to move to a better job to better yourself. Why should we tell 18 to 22 year olds that they can move to better themselves and their career, give them a chance to play football, maybe their last time ever playing football college and maybe in their entire life? Why tell them they can't go do that? I thought that was pretty powerful. Like it's literally any other job in the world, any coach who leaves, I know it's not during the season, but any coach that leaves to go better himself, we're fine with it. Why can't a kid leave? to better his opportunity to fulfill his dreams and and be able to go play football, something that he's been doing since a little kid. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, good little good little nugget. Take it or leave it, Drew. I know, it's, <laughs> it, I know for you right now it's like a wall. Anything you know, no, one I mean, ear, in one ear, not the other, but agree to disagree like <laughs> with this topic. Obviously, but. Tebow has uh, a leg to stand on for sure, one of the greatest college football players of all time, and he does make a good point, but I've said this from the beginning, Aaron, the optics here are bad. Not a lot of people switch jobs during the middle of a huge project. Not a lot of coaches leave jobs four games into a season. Now, has that happened before? Obviously it has, but the optics here are what look so bad, especially with Trevor Lawrence getting hurt a week later. And I was I was tweeting, as I love to do, just last weekend when Clemson had to go to their third-string quarterback, and I was saying Clemson, Clemson players and fans and alumni and booster inside Death Valley had to be saying, this is ridiculous. They had to be frustrated by not having Kelly Bryant on the bench. And Clemson's Hunter Renfro, a certified baller, he caught the game-winning touchdown pass in the 2017 National Championship game. He came out and he said, quote, I don't like having to worry about it. Now, week four every year is going to be the trade deadline, and everyone is going to make decisions. I don't like part of that. When you commit to a school, you commit to a team. That should be your team, right? And then Aaron, end quote, he said, it's what's best for him. It's kind of like when you have a brother and he makes a bad decision, you love him. Okay. I like how Hunter Renfro said he's frustrated by it. I love how he said week four is now going to be the trade deadline in college football every season. And I like how he mentions the team, the team, the team, the team. I tweeted this out also, Aaron. If you would have left Georgia after you got benched during week four of my senior season, I still would have loved you. You'd still be a great friend of mine. 
but I'd feel differently about you. And, and I just don't think you would have done it because I know the guy you are. I know the team leader you are, and I know the commitment you have every single day. So those are my closing thoughts. I like think. I always like we said uh, a couple of days ago when we were with EJ Manuel. I ain't getting benched, damn it. That ain't happening, and it wasn't exactly. going to happen, so I wasn't stressed about it. <laughs> and who knows? I don't know. I can't tell you what I would have done if I was in that situation. Luckily, I wasn't. But, I mean, I was sort of, and we've talked about it on the show, my yes. freshman year with, with Zach Manberg, I know it's a different situation. I'd yet to start a football game. I was only a freshman. But if Zach would have beaten me out, if Zach was named the starting quarterback heading into my redshirt year, or my, my my freshman year, I probably would have left. Yeah. I that summer I would have transferred. And I had those talks with my parents during that spring and before the spring. I was like, hey, whatever happens is going to happen. If he's a starter, I'm gone. If I'm the starter, well, let's do the damn thing. So, Well, I'm glad you won that competition. And I'm glad you're a friend of mine. And you are a great teammate, Aaron. And I respect you for that. So this is my thought, though. Anything bad that I do, anything that could be frowned upon in the public eye, Aaron, I'm just going to preface it with, hey, it's what's best for me so nobody else can judge me for it, okay? That's the society we're living in today. Everybody's got to look out for themselves and do what's best for themselves. So if I commit a crime, if I do something bad, knock on wood, hopefully I don't, I'll just tell everybody, hey, it was what's best for me. All right, speaking of what's best for anyone Let's turn over to that Alabama team we just talked about with Nick Saban as the head coach. And, Aaron, they continue to run roughshod over any opponent they have during the 2018 season. And I mentioned this to you when we had um, Ito Smith from the Atlanta Falcons on Campus Lore Live just last week. I questioned you, and I said, is Alabama's defense ready to play for 60 minutes when needed? We read an article by Saturday Down South there, and I sent it to you, and it talked about how Alabama had some issues later on in the 2016 season because they were kicking so much ass that the team never played a full 60 minutes. And as you know better than anyone, football conditioning is much different than conditioning, running, lifting weights, XYZ. Get this, though, Aaron. Bama is plus 206 points through the first five games of the 2018 season. Dude, they are beating teams by an average of 40.2 points. Will, will this even matter towards the end of the season, or are they just too good, Aaron? At some point, you would hope they would get challenged. I think it's good for, I think it's good for the team. I think at some point this season, you would like to see them be forced to win a game in the fourth quarter or at least be competitive heading into the fourth quarter just so they can have that feeling so it's not new to them come the playoff time. And even though, who knows, even during the playoffs, I think you put any of those teams we say right now, whether it's Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, I still like Alabama as a a, a double-digit favorite in those games, but I still think they'd be more competitive than obviously what they've been playing so far this season. You need to feel it. You need to feel the energy. You need to feel the excitement and you need to be a little bit stressed. I mean, they're just, they haven't been put in a stressful situation and and that could, that could bite them in the butt, say SEC championship game, because they're not, I guarantee they're not going to go against Georgia. If Georgia is the team in the East, which it looks like, unless they have a slip up versus Kentucky, they're not going to beat Georgia by 27 points. It's not going to happen. It's going to be a tight fourth quarter. It may be a seven, 10 point lead. Um, who knows, but you're going to have to play a full 60 minutes. Do they have the endurance? Do they have the conditioning? Do they have the the mindset? I mean, the mind is the biggest thing when 
preparing for four quarters is different than preparing for a half. Absolutely. And, and right now they know that they only have to play half against these football teams. But the big test is going to be LSU. I mean, looking at their schedule right now, LSU is going to be a big task. Obviously, Auburn at the end of the year, even though they are superior to Auburn and, and all identity right now offensively is completely up in the air. But it's a rivalry game, and we know what, what happens in those type of games. So that could be a test as well. But listen, we say it week in and week out. These guys are just so darn good yeah. offensively, defensively. I don't know. Maybe Nick just needs a plan for four quarters. Just play. Uh, you're right. I even mean, if that... you, even if the game is 100 to nothing, just keep them in, man. Just keep – the conditioning. Yes. Make sure they can compete for an entire 60 minutes. Yeah, just looking back at their 2016 schedule, and they were steamrolling teams. LSU was ranked 13 the year they played them. In two, when they played them in 2016, that game was in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Only won by a score of 10 to nothing. They also had a pretty good battle with Texas A&M. And when I say pretty good, they beat them 33 to 14. They whooped up on Washington in the semifinal game, 24 to 7. And then as we all know... Clemson beat them on the last play of the game in the national championship. So the biggest difference, I would say, Aaron, between the 2016-2018 Alabama Crimson Tide is, of course, that offense. They have two Tungo Vailoa. It is much more high-powered than the one that was led by a true freshman in Jalen Hurts. So we'll continue to watch this, see what happens. But I like your idea. Play them for at least at least into the fourth quarter. These guys need to know what it's like to, to have the game plan and try to execute for 45 to 60 minutes because if they slip up against LSU at LSU when they have to go for four quarters that could be what comes back to bite them um one person that they might need to step up in a situation like that Aaron is their punter if they have to play for four quarters special More teams and that's another thing that could certainly decide if they win or lose a game and one guy this past week who helped his team win a game is the week five Ray Guy Ward punter of the week and it is none other and he's got a great first name none other than Drew Chrisman from Ohio State Aaron now Ohio State went into Penn State they've got Dwayne Haskins as their quarterback Urban Meyer back on the sideline as their head coach and this offense seems to score at will well against a top 10 opponent in Penn State it did not work out that way so enter Drew Chrisman, he had nine punts, Aaron, for a 48-yard average, a long of 58, and here's the kicker, only seven return yards on five Mm. returns. So when you are in a tight battle against a top-10 team and your punter can flip the field by an average of 48 yards, Aaron, on nine punts, that's going to help you win a football game, make an elite quarterback like Trace McSorley try to go the entire distance of the field again and again and again. I know Joe Moorhead, the head co- or excuse me, James Franklin, the head coach at Penn State, had to dive deep into that offensive game plan and playbook and try to figure out how to drive 80-plus yards. So congratulations to Drew Christman, your Week 5 Ray Guy Award punter of the week from Ohio State. Aaron. Tell me who the Davey O'Brien Award quarterback of the week is. Oh, was. I think we all know that. I, listen, this kid, with a lot of great quarterbacks from last week, but Ian Book, Notre Dame, 24-33, 278, four touchdowns, added another 47 yards on the ground, and that was a big win against Stanford at home. And it just wasn't a, a we barely won. I mean, they, especially in the second half, completely came out there and dominated that Stanford football team. Let's not forget Stanford. Had that amazing win versus Oregon the week before. 
going to overtime and winning it. So great job, Notre Dame. I mean, they look like now a complete team that he's taken over for, for Wimbush. And they got another tough task this weekend. We'll see going into Virginia Tech. That's going to be a big game against a very good defense. A uh, lot of crazy exotic fronts and coverages and blitzes that are going to be happening. But I like Ian Book. I like the balance of this offense now. Their ability to run, now their ability to pass the football. And you know they're going to play great defense. But Ian Book, great first two games as a starting queue. Continues to make me wonder why he wasn't QB number one since day one of the season. But they're undefeated and they're rolling right now. Do you think he can keep that hot hand? You just mentioned they're going to Blacksburg. We'll talk about it here in a minute. But look, Bud Foster's going to dial up some stuff for him. It's going to be rowdy. Um, and he's playing great football. Is that just as a quarterback? Do you just say, hey, man, let it ride? Yeah, you got to. He, he's. But the thing is, they, they are balanced. So this isn't a heavy, heavy, we just got to, we have to pass to win the football game. They got great receivers on the outside. I don't know if you saw Boykin the past weekend. Oh, yeah. Big, tall, 6'4 receiver. He's doing a great job. And then Tony Jones Jr., 300 yards this season, three touchdowns. So he's Notre Dame will always run the ball effectively. They got some great offensive linemen. And, and you have to. If you're going to have success as a quarterback, there has to be some sort of threat of running the football from your team to get those one-on-one opportunities on the outside. Uh, they're running it well. They're passing it well. And going forward, they're going to be favored in every single game. So I like Notre Dame. We'll talk. We'll dive into a little bit more. Um, but I just like that offense. I like Ian Book and what he can do. Awesome. Let's dive into those Week Six games, Aaron. It is a pretty good slate, especially in the SEC. But some top twenty-five matchups nationally as well. We're going to pick these games against the spread. And Aaron, being you need some work, buddy. I am twelve and twelve against the spread on. I the need season. more work than you do. Goodness <laughs> gracious. You are eight and sixteen. Um, that would get you fired if you were a head coach in this day and age. At least I wouldn't fire you. But. Let's go to the 3.30 game to start off. This is SEC on CBS. Number five, LSU at number 22, Florida. LSU, Aaron, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 44. Can LSU continue its undefeated season and beat another ranked opponent? I think the matchup here is Todd Grantham, Florida's defensive coordinator, versus Joe Burrow, LSU's quarterback. I like LSU in this game. I do. I think my matchup I'm looking at is Felipe Franks versus LSU defense. I think Felipe Franks is not there at the consistency level that you want from an SEC quarterback. He shows flashes. Last week he had a great game, but a lot of that was bubbles and and quick throws get off his hands pretty fast. This LSU defense from the front four to the linebackers to their secondary – it's pretty stacked. It's impressive. I remember even watching that first game of the season versus Miami. You turn on the film, you're like, holy smokes. There are some grown men on the front line, and and I think they're going to be able to stuff the run. Like I said, I don't – Felipe Franks has done enough for me to say that he can go in and, and face a very, very good defense, probably top three in the SEC, top ten in the country. I don't think he can go out there and, and, and move the football effectively. This, this game is going to be determined – by a few things, turnovers, yes. penalties, yes. and where you're where you're starting the football. We talked about previously with punting the football at Ohio State field position. If you're going to have to drive the ball 80 yards in this game, you're not going to win the game. You're going to need defensive stops. You're going to need a bad punt or a great return, be able to get the ball around the 50-yard line and have a short field to drive in order to get a field goal 
get a touchdown and be able to put any kind of points on the board. So that's what I'll be looking at. Starting field position, I think, in this game is something to watch out for. Against two very good defenses, very, very good defenses. I think LSU a little better defensively, but Florida has the advantage of it being in the swamp. It's going to be loud. It's going to be noisy. But look, in, look here. LSU at Auburn, they demonstrate that they can move the ball in a noisy environment against a good football team. So they've been tested They've been through it. They understand what needs to happen from communication, from going out there and executing. So that's why I like LSU. I like LSU, and they're going to – I always forget the terminology of these betting. This is why I'm at 6 Just say they'll they're cover, lay to, the points. Yeah, they're going to lay the points. LSU's going to lay the points. It'll be close, but I think they'll win by three to seven points, right, somewhere so in there. So over that two-and-a-half spread. Aaron says LSU covers. I do like your thought process, though, especially about the special teams. I have officially brainwashed you. I appreciate you talking about field position, punting, kicking, and how much special teams can be a factor in a game like this. You mentioned, I mean, LSU's playing pretty good, but Florida's offense, not that high-powered. If you make a team go 80-plus yards again and again and again, they're probably not going to put a bunch of points on the board. With that said, though, I think one of the unsung heroes of LSU season this far, Aaron, is Steve Ensminger. He, he is the offensive coordinator for the Tigers. I remember last year, everybody was so high on Matt Canada, the new offensive coordinator at LSU, and you and I were like, wait, what? Really? We did not buy in, and, and good thing we didn't because he did not have a successful season in Baton Rouge, but... Here's what I'm afraid of, Aaron, and tell me if this is a possibility. Is LSU going to get caught looking ahead to next week versus Georgia? Georgia traveling to Baton Rouge next Saturday, and LSU knows. LSU knows that if they win this game and next week's game, boy, they are sitting pretty for the college football I don't know how you can the look SEC at, championship. I don't know how, how you can look ahead and, and look past Florida. I mean, this is Florida. I know Georgia's the, 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 the team in the East, and they're excited, but – it's not like this game's at home either. I mean, you have to dial in. Yeah, this you is their it. big East-West rivalry. You have game. to dial in when you go on the road too. It's a completely different mindset. Of sure. you're relaxed, you don't have to travel, you get to sleep in your own hotel. When you get on that plane, your mind your mind kind of goes into a different switch of okay, this is real. This is a business yep. trip. We're going to the swamp. Let's lock and load. Let's get ready to play some football. So I think that definitely helps making the making sure that they're ready for this game. And plus Florida's number 22 in the country. I mean, they just beat Mississippi state. They've been playing good football, only one loss a season. So yeah, you can't look past Florida. I, I guarantee you they're not. And, and just another something to look out for turnovers. Joe Burrow doing a great job. No iron interceptions this season. Obviously Felipe Franks at time has shown that he can, he can go out there, be a little loose with the football, throw two or three interceptions. So What's the turnover margin? I think, like I said, starting field position and then turnovers in this game uh, are going to play very pivotal. Yeah, I'm with you here, though. I, I'll, I'll lay the points. LSU is going to cover that two-and-a-half-point spread because I just can't buy into Felipe Franks beating this LSU defense. I know it's in the swamp, and I just do not see how Florida can exploit LSU's defense. Coach O, those linebackers, Greedy Williams, no, take the Tigers here. LSU wins by 3-7, to seven, just like Aaron said. Staying in the SEC, Aaron, the hottest team in the SEC possibly, number 13 Kentucky going to Texas A&M. This game's at 7 p.m. on ESPN. And get this, A&M 
a five and a half point favorite. The over under is 51. Kentucky's still getting very little respect from the suits out in Las Vegas. And you look at the schedule, this is Kentucky's toughest SEC game on the road this far. As I always say, though, run game and defense travels, Aaron. Kentucky seems to be having that in spades. Terry Williams versus Kellen Munn. Can Benny Snell put the Wildcats on his back again and get a big win on the road? Listen, the, the reason why, obviously, you talk about the suits in, in Vegas, it's because what Texas A&M did versus Clemson, that's that's it. If, if Clemson came in there and just waxed A&M and beat them by, whatever, 10 to 14 points, it was pretty – it was over in the fourth quarter. Then I think this is kind of a different – mentality heading this game but they looked and saw what kyle field can do football game when you got 101,000 plus screaming yelling going crazy at seven o'clock everyone's gonna be drunk acting like idiots it's gonna be an incredible environment once again and that plays a huge advantage in these games this is a good a&m football team you know they yes they've played some games like arkansas last week where they didn't look necessarily that great but i've liked what i've seen so far this year in five games from Kellen Mond. I've, I, he's shown some great moments, especially early in the season. So if he can get back to that mentality of not only being accurate with the football, being very creative with his legs, extending the play, kind of doing what Terry Wilson does for Kentucky, if he can do that, which I think he can, that's going to be the key. It's going to be, once again, on Kellen Mond because this 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 defense for Kentucky is talented. That front four for Kentucky with Josh Allen on the outside they know how to they know how to get after the quarterback. They know how to get sacks. They know how to keep them in the pocket. If Kellen Mond can be a magician with his feet, extend the play, and let his receivers do work downfield, I think they can have success offensively. And then AM's defense has played better this season. They they do have a tougher mentality under Jimbo Fisher. So I like AM in the game. I do. I I I think it's gonna be closer. Was it a six point spread? Yeah, five and a half. Ah, uh, they're good. I think, oh man, I think, I think, I think I got, I got a and winning, but Kentucky will cover. Okay, cool. It's going to so be a field taking, goal. It's going to be a field goals, field goal game. I think it's going to be just like, it's going to be like the Clemson game. It's going to be tight. It's going to come down to the last possession and uh, A&M will pull it off though. All right. So I've I don't been... think, I don't think, I don't think Terry Wilson can have that last minute drive to win a football game for Kentucky. All right. And that's going to be the difference. All right. I have been. So off the Kentucky bandwagon the entire season, and you've been telling me, come on, man, they're good, they're good, they're good, and I've said no, 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 and it's come back to bite me. So for no other reason than that, I am on Kentucky this weekend. The last time they were ranked inside the top 15, Aaron, a gallon of gasoline was 18 cents. That is not a joke. Benny Snell Jr. leads the FBS in carries and is averaging 127.8 per yard yards per game. Excuse me. And I, I would just wonder, when you watched A&M play against Clemson, they had a ton of explosive plays, a bunch of chunk yardage gains, and those receivers were just running wide open down the field. I don't think that'll happen with this Kentucky defense led by Bob Shoup. And I think that Kentucky will continue to win on the road and win in the SEC. So give me the points here. I'll take the five and a half points. Kentucky's going to win this game outright. A big-time rivalry in the Big 12, Aaron. Number 19, Texas, against number 7, Oklahoma. This game's on Fox at 12 p.m. on Saturday. Oklahoma's a seven and a half point favorite over under here, 60 and a half. 
It's the Red River Shootout. This game's played in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. This is during the Texas State Fair. And if Texas was to pull this off, it would be a huge win for Tom Herman and the Longhorns. But can Texas stop Kyler Murray? That remains to be seen. He is on a record pace right now. And Oklahoma has looked pretty vulnerable at times this season. Yeah, but listen, I still don't think Texas has arrived. I mean, it's just tough to bet on Texas right now. When you look, you look at their team, you look at just beginning the season. I mean, Maryland, they lost, should have won that game. Tulsa almost lost to Tulsa. They won 20-21 late. But they, they've been rolling, obviously, one. They beat USC. But, I mean, how good is USC this year? You know, freshman quarterback. The, 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 the quarterback's supposed to be in high school still. TCU was a good win. And then Kansas State, they won 19-14. I don't think Texas is just there quite yet. I think they're still another year away and maybe two. But I'd say more like one from being able to compete with back with Oklahoma in this football game. So I, I like Oklahoma. Kyler Murray right now. You said it, Drew. He has been on fire this entire season. 17 touchdowns through the air, only two picks. He's taking care of the football. And for him, it just seems like the moment is never too big. You always worry what with a first-year starting quarterback is the moment too big. And so far for him this year, no matter what game they've been in, he's been just icy veins, man, yeah. no matter what. So I like, I like Kyler Murray. Yes, this is their first really big test this season, but – uh, I think the mentality that team carried over from last year of we're better, we're dominant, we're a a playoff caliber football team. I think that mentality wins them this game. So I got Oklahoma and them covering, covering the spread. All right. So Aaron takes Oklahoma covering. I think I would take the first half over if I was a betting man. This game is always so crazy. I feel like you change the channel for one second, come back, and it's like 27-24 at the end of the first quarter, interception returns for touchdowns, kickoff returns, punt returns for touchdowns. I think this is a great opportunity for Tom Herman in Texas to take advantage of maybe that vulnerable Oklahoma team. Can you contain Kyler Murray? That's it for them. But Erlinger, their quarterback, I think they'll be able to pull this out. Now, would you call it a home atmosphere? It just depends. If you jump up early, it's just like that Florida-Georgia game. It's split right down the middle. So give me Texas plus the 7.5. I think they're actually going to win this game outright. And speaking of that environment, Aaron, speaking of Florida-Georgia, a huge congrats to you, my man. Going into the Florida-Georgia game, the Georgia-Florida game, Hall of Get it right over there. Georgia-Florida. You're from Georgia, too. You should get that right. Of fame, so Murray, congratulations, my man. I believe you were three and one against the Gators, if my memory serves me correct. Listen, listen, the, the team was three and one. Hey, you hey, know, hey the there's team. my guy. There's my and guy. Trust me, there are a couple of those games I did not have my best game. It took the entire. It took a little Jarvis Jones and, and <laughs> Gurley, a little Malcolm Mitchell out there making some big plays to to help us get through those. So yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, it'll be fun. So I think we'll the game you lost though um, was probably overtime. That's right. That's right. That's Overtime right. Game, freshman I, was the, year. I was the punter. All right. So you said the team, the team. When you give your acceptance speech, I just want to say, I just want to thank my punter, Drew Butler, for getting me out of some binds. Um, he's oh, the 100%. Okay, you know, yeah, we go three you. and out. We're backed up behind our 10 and Drew bombs at 60 <laughs> yards. You. Sweet. It's like a sigh of relief on the sideline. Like, thank you. <laughs> hey, but huge congrats you. to you. You and Boss Bailey going in as the Georgia inductees and then Alex Brown and Percy Harvin going in as the Florida inductees. So, Sincerest congrats, my man. That is an awesome honor. Let's wrap up 
this podcast. We're going to run through these next three games really quick, quickly. I just want your pick, and then we'll reevaluate on Monday morning. Vanderbilt goes to Georgia, the number two Bulldogs hosting the Commodores, 7.30 p.m. SEC Network. Georgia, again, a huge favorite, 26.5 points. It always does seem like Vanderbilt plays the dogs well. Of course, that's relative. My favorite thing this week, Elijah Holyfield, the starting running back for the dogs, said they haven't forgot about two years ago, Aaron. That's when they lost to Vanderbilt at home during homecoming. A question I asked for the LSU Tigers, will Georgia get caught looking ahead to LSU next weekend? No, I think Kirby right now is just so pissed off at this football team for not for just not the ability to play an entire four quarters. I think we saw it for South Carolina, but other than that, this team has just made little mistakes here and there. And, and, and that's the problem when you get to be at that elite level, you are under such a magnifying glass that every little thing you do is going to be questioned, man, they should have done this right. They should hey, listen. They're still playing great football. The expectations are just at a different level right now. And I think Kirby expects more. I think the players expect more. So I like Georgia and like them uh, covering that 26 and a half point spread and win this football game. I think they're going to come out there and just dominate the line of scrimmage. I think they're just going to run right through this Vandy defense. And especially at home, it's homecoming. It should be a great crowd, beautiful day in Athens. So I got the dogs on this one. Absolutely. I think it's the same as you just said. Georgia will play four full quarters. They've kind of had two subpar weeks, but still winning by double digits. They cover the 26 and a half, and I'll be at the Georgia bookstore doing a signing with my dad and a couple other guys pregame. So come see me. Give me your last two picks, Aaron. Number eight, Auburn at Mississippi State. Auburn's a three-point favorite, but Mississippi State is reeling. I am off Nick Fitzgerald and the Bulldogs. If Auburn finds their offensive identity, I would imagine they cover this spread. Yeah, I got Auburn covering the spread. And, and my biggest thing I'll be watching out for this game, does Nick Fitzgerald get benched at halftime? Because there's a good wow. chance versus Auburn defense. You know how tough those guys are. The way he's played this season, he could get benched. And, and I and I would. If he goes out there and craps the bed in, in the first quarter and then for the majority of the second quarter, I would bench him. You have to start winning if you're Mississippi State. Expectations are way too high. And you're coming off two losses right now. You need some kind of spark on the offensive side of the football. And he's obviously not the guy right now. I mean, he's just not – he's not getting through his reads. He's always – he's a, he's a run-first kind of guy. And, and obviously, in, in Dan Mullen's offense, you can be that type of quarterback. But this is a different type of offense. You're, he's not getting through his reads. And, and like I said, they're not having success offensively. It starts with the QB. If he can't get the job done – Let's go. Move on to the next yep. guy. See what he can do. Yep. I'll take Mississippi State here. Home game. Catching three points. I'll take the home underdog. Last one, Aaron. Number six, Notre Dame. Ian Book traveling to Blacksburg, Virginia. Number 24, Virginia Tech without their starting quarterback still. This is a night game. Enter Sandman. Bud Foster. Beamer ball. 8 p.m. on ABC. Notre Dame giving five and a half points. They're a clear playoff contender now. I'm guessing you're picking the Irish. Oh, I got the Irish. Virginia Tech. Without Josh Jackson back there at quarterback, um, listen. I know they're gonna have a great defense, like you said. It's gonna be a great atmosphere. But Notre Dame right now is not shying away from the big moments. Ian Book has been dominant, and my big question mark is: Can he go against Stanford and have success? And he did. Yeah. I mean, he was the quarterback of the week for goodness sakes. So he, he's not afraid of the moment. He's not afraid when the lights are bright. And this is gonna be another big test for him against a very good defense. But I, I like him. 
I like this Notre Dame team defensively, offensively. You said it beginning of the show, Drew. What travels? Defense Run game and, and running defense, the ball. Maybe. And Notre Dame does that. They run the ball effectively. They play great defense. And now they have a very good quarterback. So I like Notre Dame. Uh, to win this game pretty decisively. I've got the magnifying glass on Ian Book to see if he can keep that hot hand, but I just don't see how Virginia Tech can compete with them without their starting quarterback, so I'll lay the five and a half here as well. Notre Dame wins a big game, top 25 matchup on the road. Okay, there are our picks. That's what's going to happen during week six of the college football season this weekend. We are on social media, so interact with us while all the games are going on. At Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at Murray 11 I am at Drew Butler 13. For Aaron, I'm Drew. We'll talk to you on Monday. See you.